This episode of The Relevant Podcast is brought to you by Apartment Life. You've got to check out what our friends at Apartment Life are doing. They believe every individual is created for community. So they're building that community among apartment neighbors. They're looking for folks who love Jesus, get excited about hospitality, and really take the opportunity to be with people when life gets tough. And get this, they equip you, walk alongside you, and provide you with either a reduced rent apartment or a part-time salary. Visit apartmentlife.org slash relevant to join them today. You don't want to miss this life-changing opportunity to really show the love of Christ to neighbors, especially these days. Visit apartmentlife.org slash relevant. This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 10th, 2020, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, author, podcaster, soon office leaser, Jamie Ivey. That's me. Hey, guys. Property manager. There you go. Jamie Jamie Ivey just told us Property manager. She's moving her studio to an office. So there you go. And from Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. What up? J- Jamie, I, I was recently rewatching The Office, uh, as uh-huh. I do. You know, the series yeah. is leaving Netflix for good in, in, in a few short months. And so two you can still watch months, it on yeah. the Peacock, but with commercials. E- either way, I've been rewatching it, and I was watching the, the episode arc last night, actually. It's funny we're talking about this, where Dwight uh, buys the building that Dunder Mifflin leases out of. And None of, nothing about that financially makes sense, FYI. Like yeah. I, I, have, <laughs> I have run the numbers a million times trying well, to figure out how the sales a, guy bought the building. Because but he, Dwight oh, is he rich, was though. Able, he was but able to lease it. He was put a mortgage on the beef farm, man. I mean, he's in prime screen <laughs> real he estate. Had that, he had yeah. the conversation with Joe about if you're not buying property, whatever. I'm yeah. trying to figure out how much money he made that year that he'd have a 20% down payment on that office building with well, five tenants, warehouses and stuff. That's a $3 million building. He, He's he, got 20% on that. He made 600 K that year. Come no, on. No, no, but listen, I, I okay. If we the were beef farm, learning, bro, you it, forget it, the beef farm. Yeah. This is off the top of the dome. I didn't even reference this. I yeah. remember him saying in an early episode, I, you know what? I know what episode it is. This is how nerdy I am. Okay, in the episode where he goes to help Michael buy his condo, yeah. Dwight reveals in one of like the, uh, yeah, you know, his, kind of his grandfather left him a beet farm. Yeah, yeah a, a 50 acre working beet farm. Working right. is the key word there. So he's getting some revenue from the beet business. Right. 50 acres is a huge chunk of land, especially, especially like just outside, a, 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 you know, a, kind of a, a mid major right. East Coast city, right? Yeah, but the working so beets on 50 acres is good. <laughs> going to be just a little bit of farmer's market regional amount of output. There's hey, not going to be a lot of money in it. supported the Schrute family for generations. Yeah, living we, on a <laughs> farm. 
they, they brush their teeth with butter. That's established. That's so what we I'm know saying. It's they're not living great. like they're like they're pioneers. They have outhouses and stuff. But the other thing is, we learned that Dwight is very shrewd. Remember, he flipped Andy's Nissan Xterra for That's a hefty true. profit, pretty That's much true. effortlessly. Who knows how many of those little hustles he has? And I don't and know. He what, doesn't. Don't know. He doesn't have a car payment. He doesn't spend you know, money on clothes. Yeah, he, he's got he's got a little agro tourism business on the side. Obviously, right. he's got people coming to visit. And who knows? Maybe he lent. A, maybe he borrowed against the beet farm. There's lots of things. All I have to say, Jamie, is I hope you are the Dwight Schrute of, I hope you are unplying the toilet paper right now because I you are the landlord and your job, your job is to make that a money-making venture, however uncomfortable it makes your tenants. How do you feel about that, Jamie? Well, I just need to let you know, Jesse, that I actually will not be the landlord. She's I am be leasing from yeah. a landlord. I'm a tenant. Oh, I don't okay. have that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money putting twenty percent down buying an office space. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I don't know if you've got an old family farm uh, in the <laughs> in the inheritance somewhere. Uh, but I will tell you, it's good. It is crazy to think that you know. I now I'm going to be th- saying how much toilet paper are you using when you come into my office because we're running. We're, we can't be saying? throwing money out the window here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you exactly. don't throw toilet paper out the window, Jamie. You That's flush true. it down the toilet. Or you, you well, we can't throw money around. Yeah. 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 You can't flush that money down the toilet. You can't flush that money down the toilet. With all that yeah. expensive toilet are, paper. That, that are, are you furnishing this this establishment, Jamie? Yes. In fact, when we're talking, I just got back from the building. We hope to move in in a couple of weeks. And I was with the designer. We're making it look amazing. Mm. When you guys come to Austin and we do our, our live relevant show, yeah. we can we can, you know, have a happy hour first at the happy hour. Done. Can I mention one thing that I've yes. been thinking about office spaces for when when life returns to normal and we're no longer just zooming all day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, what do you want in your dream office? Okay. I'm glad you asked me. Even, <laughs> <laughs> because I've realized that the greatest piece of furniture for creative productivity, and this is going to blow you guys' mind. Okay. <laughs> I need to hear this. Like, it is not, it's not some cool IKEA chair it's not like some weird swedish like hand thing you sit in no it's it's og yeah you you know you go into these furniture stores and you're like Mm -mm. oh what's this big purple plastic thing that yeah i'm sure it looks cool in like a contemporary lobby but honestly who's getting work done in that you know i think you're just describing tom haverford's uh entertainment 720 720. they had some pretty fancy chairs too (laughs) but no jamie this is old school it might not be the hippest looking thing but my argument is it's timeless and that is a couple good old school front porch rocking chairs. Here's why. Oh. I was sitting in one like of those. Other, yeah, yeah. I was sitting yeah. in one of those on a friend's front porch the other day. Instantly relax. All anxiety goes away. <laughs> if you were to have a meeting and everyone's sitting in rocking chairs, it's going to be the most productive, creative meeting of all time because Negative. everyone's just super chilled out. Everybody's like, going to go to sleep. Yeah, Everyone's gonna yeah. go to sleep. No, no, they're gonna be very relaxed, <laughs> and they're gonna tap all their all their anxieties will melt away, and it's just the best ideas left. I, Jamie, you need Noted. to just furnish Noted. it with rocking chairs. Noted. Thank you. Wait, for that, you're Jesse. saying exclusively rocking chairs, like even <laughs> at the desks and stuff. There, there can be a few, a few, uh, uh, like lazy boys. That'll be permitted as well. <laughs> That'll be permitted as well. Lazy boys got in a bad We're going to go to Jamie's office and sell rocking chairs and lazy boys. <laughs> it's a lazy cracker boy, barrel. Lazy it's boy, just going to be a cracker barrel. Here's the thing about lazy boy, okay? 
I'm glad we're talking about this because has there what been one company that is better at just like functional utility, but is just more reviled in terms of like style? Dude, like, dude, dude. Do you remember though? Hold on. 12, 10, 12, 15 years ago, late aughts. Okay. Yeah. Lazy Boy said, we got a reboot for the new generation. Yeah. And they did a whole line. Like they threw out the grandpa's lazy Huge boy mistake. Huge and mistake. they said we're going to be cool and we're going to be mid-century Huge. modern Huge mistake mm. they opened a gallery in soho a lazy boy like new era gallery in soho i went Come on, to new it. york yeah and i was like man this <laughs> okay. is crazy this is lazy boy and it yeah. was like this is for me and then a year later all gone they went back to grandpa because it wasn't it totally selling failed it's only hey, failed hey listen yeah. if you right now any one of you guys i i don't because no one's going we're having house parties right now it's covid right how has lazy boy stock not gone through the roof because if there was a lazy boy <laughs> it, I would, if i was lazy boy right now yeah. i would call everyone up it, i would all meeting uh, you know everyone zoom it up right now because here's the idea it is the covid working person's lazy boy and it is oh. a lazy boy Boy with yeah. like a power adapter on the side, like a little refrigerator in the armrest, and it has like a dinner tray that pulls <laughs> out for your that laptop. Comes up, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it's just the Lazy Boy workstation. I don't see why they haven't done this yet. It would be the perfect solution for the times we're in. Do you but guys I not agree? So with I have a I have a a USB adapter, like power cord, on my recliner at the home. At the Do home. you really? Well, yeah. you have a recliner. It, I have two of them. Yeah. So like, so what we have is a sectional and they both have recliners mm-hmm. in it. And then in the armrest, yeah. there's a, there's two USB cords that go in there. The armrest has every, you know, you put all, put all your remotes and things in there. And I live in that thing. I'm just so at night, you and Mrs. Minor, y'all Period. sitting there in your, nope, la- in your nope, lazy that's voice. That's literally what it is. Hey. She, she has a, I have a blue a drink blanket cup? and she has a pink blanket. And we both have, has cup holders on there. I don't like we have our phone and we're chilling. I don't like those gender stereotypes. Hey, hey look, Derek, it's just what Derek's it is. Out here play, <laughs> Derek's out here playing chess. Derek's out here playing chess. And we're all playing checkers. That's what's happening right you now. You feel me? Okay? You like, feel me? Derek's living in 2025. All right? We're, we're out here in 2020 in these but chairs. Jesse, over di- a desk. It doesn't no, make sense. The difference is he's doing that at night to relax. You can't be relaxed Do that when you're trying to be productive. Oh, no. My best work gets done when I'm almost completely declined. Okay, like if I have you seen those chairs, dude? They're making them where it's almost yeah, like you're laying you... completely flat, and like the uh-huh. screen is like above you. Yeah, like uh-huh. you look up at it. Yeah, exactly. that's crazy. Now, just imagine yeah. that's a lazy boy. Okay, now let it, me. It, it, it makes no sense. So I don't have these. Let me ask a question. So I I rented an office space. I rented an office space probably like a couple years ago. We. I mean, just music. I didn't. I didn't need it. But this office space, it was unique. It had a place for people to sleep during the day, like mm. a little like zen like area where it w- it was like Ooh. dark. Everything was dark. They had little candles or little like faux candles, and they had like little scents in there. And I guess it was just for you to take your little power nap if you needed to take it. So I think is that, that, is that in an office space is not going to last post COVID. Like no one's, I'm not going where you were sleeping last, you know, like, but, but that's like what the dog. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a hospital. They have those places for doctors, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I thought, like, I thought it was unique. I never I used if you it. You had a sure. pod system where you could just crawl in a little tube and just crash out for a little while. Very sanitary. It's my pod. You can use it as like a locker. When I'm not sleeping in there. You're the only one that goes in the pod. I, exactly. Private yeah. pods. 
Private Pots and Lazy Boys, Jamie. I think you're going to have the hottest real estate okay. in town. Okay. People are going to want to come work the, for me. Look at the picture I just said. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so Cameron, for those in, in audio world, Cameron sent a picture of a guy that appears That's to be Jesse. doing business because he's dressed up. He's dressed very nice in slacks and a dress shirt. And his office chair goes completely horizontal. Lay flat. Lay flat. Yeah. Yep. That's that how you can take the... your mid-afternoon nap. I'm, ju- I'm just saying, look, I've been on Zoom. People have stopped caring, guys. I've been on two different Zoom calls this week where both were the people were in bed okay literally <laughs> two they're not even trying anymore they're professionals no one cares, no one cares. I like, love people, like if you guys got on a zoom call for a very important thing and the other person was clearly in their bed would he even face you <laughs> would you even think because i didn't even not think about it until later i was like it's kind of weird that he's in bed but at the moment i'm just like of course like oh i'm cracking jokes on him though i'm definitely gonna crack jokes <laughs> but it, it wouldn't it wouldn't offend me at all have you guys been on zoom calls yet where the other person's in bed visibly not that I've been aware of. It's getting of. there, guys. No. Not that I know of. People are giving up on the Zoom thing. <laughs> they they don't care anymore. Nobody cares. And Zoom Zooming from uh, bed is going to be a big thing in like a month. I guarantee you. I think that CNN commentator guy, Jeffrey something. I think Zooming. he was... Yeah, there yeah. you go. Hey, yeah. he was, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, man. Maybe if he, maybe if he was relaxed a little, like just. <laughs> yeah, he was a little, he was a little too relaxed, bro. He was too relaxed. Yeah, he was a yeah. little too relaxed. I'm just saying. I'm relaxed. just saying. Just get people a lazy boy. Let him just mellow out a little. That's all. That's all. Okay. So the moral of this is when I furnish out all my new office space, lazy boys in everybody's office and, we're, and rocking chairs. Rocking chairs. Rocking chairs. Got it. And maybe Done. just one room that's a giant bed. And because <laughs> because that's where we're going, guys. People are going to be zooming from bed really quick. Dude, here. Jesse, do you oh. remember the the north downtown office where we had a shower in the middle of the office? Yeah. Yeah. We had this, we had this, it was like a 1950s plumber's warehouse. You parked on the roof. It was a one-story old school mid-century building. Went up a ramp on the side. We parked on the roof. And then the front half of the office was like offices. And then the back half of the office is like 10,000 square feet. It's huge. Uh, the back half of the office was open. It used to be a warehouse. It was, you know, enclosed though. And in between the two, there was just this random, sh- and it was like renovated by like an architecture firm before we moved in. So it was all like redone. But then like it, they'd left this random shower that was just in the middle of the office and we always thought it'd be hilarious, like if somebody, like in the middle of the day, just wanted to go rinse off, and you know they start working it's in a robe or down whatever. There. Yeah, but dude, we joked about that. And then, do you remember we had a staffer who started biking to work in the mornings? Yeah, and, and then they showering. needed that shower, <laughs> but it wasn't like a bathroom. There was nothing yeah. else. It was just literally a shower. And then he'd like come out and he's kind of glistening and yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's, yeah, it's a quick, quick rinse off, you know, refresher. <laughs> what I here's here's my point, guys. If the chairs from Wally came out today, they'd be a huge hit. Like if it was like, hey, that'd be the hottest thing at Dude, Christmas. It would be you're a advocating lazy- for what was a moral story. I, it was like a, like <laughs> Listen, trying to be a warning. Right? COVID hit, contested election. Nobody cares anymore. Bring Let's the Wally lean chairs on. Let's lean in. Okay? Bring them on. More than mine. Let's go. I, literally, there's no way to tell if the person that I'm having a work meeting with is even wearing pants anymore. Why would I care if they're in a comfy chair that can roll around? Why? Why but would that bother? It, it, me? Very it, it true. was a warning. Very true. That that. Gluttony and, and consumption here. and well, laziness well, is a what? bad direction bad. for humanity. It happened. It happened. <laughs> and we either can live on the trash mound 
or just lean in and get those sweet chairs because <laughs> right now trash mound ain't working out. I don't know how you guys are doing, but this is this seems so pretty bad. I get, I get why they I get why they wanted to get on that spaceship and just get out of here. Man, all right. Well, we we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to one of our favorite artists, friends of the show, uh, John Mark McMillan joins us. Uh, he has a new album out. Uh, we talked to him about that, and also uh, get into why he recently took a pretty long break from social media. Um, I don't know if y'all missed him, but he was gone for a long time, and he said it was really good for him. So we talked to him about that. Uh, we also have your feedback and slices. So there you go. It's gonna be a good one. Uh, that said, let's move the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Listening to Raf Castelli. The song is running. Well, today's episode is also brought to you by Love Thy Neighborhood. Does your life ever feel lonely or meaningless? Do you ever wish you had more friends or your work had more purpose? Are you concerned about the struggles of urban life in America? And does the poverty, hardship, and ethnic division in our inner cities worry you? If that describes you, join Love Thy Neighborhood. Love Thy Neighborhood is a Christian multicultural program for emerging adults ages 18 to 30 designed to give your life more meaning as you live in community and help people who are hurting. Through specialized internships impacting areas such as homelessness, nonprofit leadership, adoption, and 20 other causes, you'll be trained and equipped to make an impact with the gospel while living in Christian community. Find your social justice internship supported by Christian community by visiting lovethyneighborhood.org slash relevant. You can serve for a summer or a year. And when you visit their website, you'll get a free ebook entitled, What is Biblical Social Justice? Scripture's Call to Radical Mercy. Get your free ebook by visiting lovethyneighborhood.org slash relevant. Again, bring purpose and community to your life by visiting lovethyneighborhood.org slash relevant. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, I know this is a good one. What do you have, Jesse? All right. Um, so do you guys and Derek, this, this is particularly for you. You're a musician. All right. Do you guys know the sensation of listening to a song and you just get chills? Like, just like, yeah, certain part hits and you're like, oh, you just feel oh, yeah. Celine Dion. My yeah. heart will go on. Exactly. Mm. Just no, prolonged. I don't, I don't get chills on that, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've gotten chills with music often. Yeah. I love, I, I love that feeling. Jamie, Jamie, is this an experience you're familiar with? Uh, not really. Brian okay. Adams, I thought I loved you, but I loved. Uh, it, this is this thought is I loved you. Any pretty yeah. much anything Brian Adams does is is you know right in that sweet spot. It's just the except for song. I always get Brian Adams and Ryan Adams confused, and my my husband makes fun of me all up for that all the time. But I get they, they are, to be fair to your husband, they are very different artists. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. One is kind of embarrassing to listen to, but uh, <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Derek, you know this feeling. It's the it's the feeling I get when Jock Jams hit. Oh, 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 oh. You know, Cameron, we've been, right. we've gone to countless Magic games. You yeah. know the feeling of when music comes on and gives you chills. It's like if you were a kid in like the '90s in the Chicago, even if you didn't like the Chicago it's, it's Bulls. Like, it's like the pre 
pregame announcement. Yeah. But you know, you know, like, like in the, yeah. yeah. Or, or like even the build up to like the Phil Collins, like, it's like you've been waiting yeah. for it for two minutes. And then yeah. when it hits, you're like, yeah, I can feel it in the air tonight. Okay. Yeah. I have an example okay. at a Texas football game when everyone starts singing Sweet Caroline, like the whole Caroline, their whole stadium Why singing. Why would you That's sing so Sweet fun. Caroline at Texas? Oh, that's, it's just it's a like fun a song. It's, yeah, like, it's a like a fun stadium. everybody yeah. sings stadium bop, song. Bop, bop. Yeah, okay. Rocky yeah. Top bop, Tennessee bop, bop, and Tennessee. Well, yeah. It doesn't have any connection to the school. No, they'll play tons of songs where everyone will sing. But I remember that two seasons ago. It was like so loud and crazy. Yeah. We were it's, whatever. At University <laughs> of Florida games in between the third and fourth quarter. They always play Tom Petty because he's yeah. from Gainesville. So yeah. there's like this connection. You guys just randomly pick Neil Diamond. Everyone plays Neil Diamond. You won't show up. You won't show up at a a Saturday football game in a college stadium and not hear Neil Diamond. Am I right? Neil Diamond belongs to all of us, Cameron. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) He belongs to us. Uh, No, but uh, the other one into America. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I got chills. I to play a song about immigration. (laughs) I I, I got chills just with you doing that parody of it. Like, but I also feel like. I've heard one Neil Diamond song. I'm gonna be honest. I don't even. Oh, know. you've heard "Coming wow. to America." Cue it up. Or you've heard "Cue up some Neil Diamond." Sweet Caroline for sure. Dude, Neil Diamond's got some bangers. Yeah, I think I heard that in a movie before. Was that in a movie? That was yeah, that was in a movie. Like so good, so good, so good. Yeah. Oh, it's in a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah. if you've ever been on a cruise with a dueling piano bar, you've heard that song. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I haven't. I was on Carnival. Remember we talked about remember, this? He was on, I was Carnival, on Carnival, remember? Cruise, and I it was I and, and, that's and, the theme song for Carnival, Carnival, Carnival Cruises. Carnival Cruises theme song was Lil John and the East Side Boys. Carnival Cruise can't afford the license to Neil Diamond. It was Usher and Lil John and the East Side Boys. And it was all early 2000s. Oh is what it was. So. And it's like, and then, and then every hour on the hour, shots, shots, right. shots, 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 shots. Yes, Everybody. that's, that's, that's on the what hour. it was. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. It, there was no Neil Diamond. There was no <laughs> dueling pianos. Nothing. Yeah. There was none of that. I yeah. didn't get none of it. And they have a pre-programmed Casio. No dueling pianos. And it's just... <laughs> it's just, just yeah. Nah, man. Just somebody just went onto the wall and just pushed a little button on a tape recorder or whatever. And the waitress starts going in or shit. Flip the tape. Flip the tape. I'll say this. The other people who are familiar with this concept of like a build of a song that gives you chills or whoever choreographs like the, the human missionary videos. Like you guys are all familiar at like an evangelical mm-hmm. church like that. Uh-huh. I think it's called Hallelujah. human missionary. I think it's called human videos. <laughs> human videos that they do for missions. Right. For the Lord God. You guys know that. And then it builds and it builds. And all of a, all of a sudden, it's building up so much that for some reason in the human video, Jesus is fist fighting the devil. For reasons that's like, I don't think that appeared in the because Bible. Because they're reenacting Carmen's it's song. Like Carmen's video. Remember Carmen? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. But how is this? How Derek, do you know Carmen? People? I, I do did, know Carmen. I, I do know Carmen. I know we're Carmen. Silence so. ruled the outer place. Yeah, Ominously but, but, towering but, 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 and stood. <laughs> this tower of a spirit war between the one named Lucifer. Let's and say the I am star, on the, I am the on ultimate like, of good. I am I'm minding my business. I am minding my business walking in like my my downtown area in my city in Guatemala, <laughs> and I see a bunch of white missionary kids <laughs> doing a mock 
kung fu fight. And I'm supposed to ascertain what <laughs> spiritual value this has? Hey, it's the person wanted, the teenager wanted to smoke and listen to rock music so the demons were swarming around them. And then yeah. Jesus came and beat up the demons. Come I, on. This isn't going to translate that audio, but everyone has the same one. It's like, Oh, the vein. Ooh, smoking. <laughs> and then like one is like the, you know, shooting guns, shooting finger guns. It's like, well, obviously that's a bad person. I wonder why that person is now literally fighting who I can assume is Jesus. And it seems like he's landing some blows. That was always my problem with those human videos. Why do they let the devil land any blows? I don't know theologically how that works, but it's like, it's I suddenly think it I'm was going, like the, the crucifix, the, you know, the crucifix, very confusing crucifix and all that's, that stuff. That's we, 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 did, we did do that Jesus, let him land the blows. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then he came. Either yeah. way, yeah. Either we, didn't, way. we didn't do that either. He took that, the that's blows weird. on our behalf, Jesse. That's either way. I'm just saying. I don't know how it translates, but that has nothing to do with my slice. My slice is about that <laughs> point in music that gives you chills. Well, researchers in France. By the way, France must be doing awesome because they got time to study this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, we're over here looking for a vaccine, trying to figure out how to count votes. Okay, like our greatest minds are literally worried about tabulating votes to see who's going to be the next free leader of the free world and coming up with a vaccine for the worst pandemic humanity's seen in the last century. In France, they're studying why music gives you chills when it builds up to a part. It's got to be going pretty good over there. Yeah. So. They just, <laughs> they just release the studies. They just released the, the findings and they found that your brain actually has like a surge of like pleasure hormones like dopamine when a, a certain point in a song hits if your mind knows that it's building there. Mm. So it actually they, they, they hook people up to brain scanning equipment. Again, a lot of extra time and money <laughs> to spend on medical resources in France right now. They're doing fantastic. So they hooked these people up to sensors and they played songs that they already knew and wanted to see like if they physically get chills, which they did, but see what happens in the brain. And it's a, and it is a mechanism that they can't replicate with anything other than music. And they don't, don't actually think it has any sort of like, uh, depending on what your beliefs are about things like evolutionary benefit. Like they can't see why this developed in the brain, but there's a certain reaction like the Phil Collins example. When you know the drum fill is coming, when it hits, it is such an anticipation and it's already embedded so far into your mind that when your mind finally actually hears it, it releases a physiological response. So that's why those songs, that's why those jock jams are just so effective. That's why at the crack of you know every hour when Shots goes on the carnival cruise. The whole house comes down. It's because they've they've. they've this well, is a physiological response. That's that's why they, they do. And they're yeah. drunk. They're drunk too. So they that's kind of that kind of helps. Uh, you know, water down aristocrat shots. So <laughs> that plays into it as well. Fireball, bro. Yeah, All fireball. <laughs> generic off-brand fireball. So there's that too. Also cut. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah diluted. Yeah. You just mentioned our our best minds were uh, working on. While France scientists are doing this, our best minds were working on counting ballots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I have to, I, I know by the time this podcast is out, everybody knows who the president is. That's fine. One of the best memes that happened Maybe. late last week that was going around on Twitter, I'm going to toss to it here, Clark, was th the meme was this This is the a live look at Nevada counting their ballots. Yeah. Ah! Just wanna be 
Junior. Yes. Now I got chills when I heard this. Now I ain't gonna lie, you know what I'm saying? I got chills when I heard this. Is done. I just want to pull my shirt off. Stop. <laughs> Get one. All right. yeah. That's funny. Dude, that was my favorite one. So Man, there true. were some really good election memes last week, though. But Yes, you know, yes. That was my favorite. Any, any, <laughs> when I, whenever I think my work is done, I'm going to start back at one. What's taking so long, man? Yeah. Anything to dull the anxiety of the existential threat of the end of democracy happening right before our eyes, I'll take. Even if it's just a voice to meme, I'll take it. Just give it to me. Man, John King was a champ last week. He was that, yeah, that CNN sure. magic wall guy. Number one, first of all, he knows every county and every state in the entire United States. He knows Facts. who lives where. He knows, like, he zoomed in on my street. No, he didn't. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> how, how does he know all that stuff? Yeah, that was he's crazy. zooming in on individual voters on Street View. Let me tell you about this guy <laughs> right here. He's going to vote. But, man, that was that was. He's crazy. done it for a while, though, man. I mean, oh, I know. This, yeah, I he's know. done it for a while. So, man, he's. But Crazy. did you see after about day three, four of him working twenty hour days at the Magic Wall, his his feet were hurting. He was moving like he was about ninety eight years old. He was trying Church to. Shoes, he's man. a lazy boy. Starting start to hunch over saying. a little bit. <laughs> you know how many, <laughs> real talk. You know how many viewers would complain if he was in a lazy boy? Zero, because they'd be like, "Do that." If he had like a long stick to like point, yeah, at they'd the be screen. like, "That's so Why relatable." Not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, give me a stick and a lazy boy. That feels <laughs> feels a laser pointer. Just stick and a laser pointer. Yeah. Like if I had a long pincher, like one of yeah. those long mechanical <laughs> yeah. pinchers and a lazy boy, I feel like it'd be pretty good most days. Like I could. <laughs> You know, take care of business right now. Jesse, I'm worried about your long term oh, health. That this is gosh. your life aspiration is to have the Wally existence. Yeah, I came into reality. 2020 strong. This is how this is how we are about. <laughs> That's how you're coming out that lazy boy. Aspiring to Wally. Yeah, I'm aspiring That's right, to get a lazy Jesse, boy. Because Jesse, you were losing pincher. weight. You were losing weight. You were working out at the beginning yep. when I first yep. when I first joined. That's what the, the thing was. It's like New Year, New Me. Yeah, nah, I was. Then, I was. He, <laughs> then he tried to put together a basketball rim and he bent it. Yeah, just it gave fell up. twice right <laughs> on the rim. Like literally after the first time it fell directly onto the rim and bent in a little. It's like, all right, make sure that doesn't happen again. About 10 minutes later, I made the same mistake and fell directly onto the rim again. I'll say this. I think my son is going to be a better basketball player because, because not only does he have to make it, it yeah. he has to yeah. make it in like an oblong rim, which yeah. uh, it's going to be swish every time or yeah. it's not going. Your basketball hoop is shaped like a toilet seat. Yeah. yeah, it's for his own good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, he'll he'll thank me later in life. <laughs> all right, what do you have, Jamie? Okay, so <clears throat> you know the election last week. We all wish we could predict the future, right? Um, right. It, actually, you guys, if you could predict, like, give me just one thing. You want to predict one thing in your life in the future? What would it be? Uh, a lottery number. Oh, okay, that's a good one. Oh, well, you're saying like if so, if, if you, you could predict something, if you yeah. could predict something, what would it be? Yeah. Or the outcome of like a, it, yeah, I, a major I would, betting event where yeah, you could yeah, become financially like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Derek. Yeah, I'm simple like that. I don't even lie. <laughs> I'm yeah, all going for the money. I need the lottery all for the money. Recliners you could buy. Yeah. I need the, I need the, <laughs> right. I need the, I need the lottery a number. Uh, I, can have a I can't think fleet. of anything I want to know in the future because everything is kind of scary. On election night last week, put a five million dollar bet on uh, Trump. Before they started announcing any results, wow. he put a $5 million bet on Trump. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Do something like okay. that. If you could predict the future, you mm-hmm. know, and you knew it was going to happen, mm-hmm. and then you make mm-hmm. push yeah, everything yeah. to the middle, and then there you go. Yeah, there it is. Well, there was this article that came out about bats being able to predict the future. All right, bats. Which mm. you guys, I live in Austin, Texas. You know, we have a whole like bat watching bridge where yeah. you can go to watch all the bats come out at night between spring and fall. Did you guys know that? What? I did. I did. Oh yeah. That so when we have our happy scary. hour. When we have our podcast hang out at the happy hour new space, we have to go down to Congress Bridge. You stand on the top between spring and fall, like dusk, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of bats come out every night and you get to watch them. It's a thing. It's a thing. I don't know. Mm-mm. I'm in. I'm come in. to Austin, watch Say the bats. No Anyhow, I'm in. you want there to you do that? Like you yeah, want I mean, to? it's like a tourist thing. I've done it once. I've lived here 12 years. So Is yeah, that like going to the big uh, bubblegum wall in Seattle? I've done like, that once when I went there. Yeah, I don't need to do it again, and what I don't need that? to go see the bats again. There's, it's down by the pier. There's this wall of a building, like an alley, that is famous for the <laughs> fact that like people walking through this alley over the years would take their butt, their chewing gum, and stick it on the wall. And now, literally, <laughs> like flo- like Florida, Just ten nothing. feet up for the entire city block, it's nothing but chewed bubble gum, and it's. So, I know what Derek's about to say. <laughs> and people come and like walk in, take pictures at it, and stuff. You Derek already, is about to say, you, you white people are so Derek, I was going to say, people come and take pictures. White people come yeah, yeah, and take yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. All right. I may or may not have a picture in front of the bubble gum wall. <laughs> we ain't doing that. Okay. So this is a bad thing in Austin. You can come do it. But this is going to get really sciencey, you guys. So this is a lot for my brain. But I just want to tell you this. So bats, they say they can predict the future. Let's not get too excited yeah, because how, they can't. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, they does, can't predict lottery numbers or, you know, anything like that. But here's what they do is bats. We know this already. They calculate where their prey is heading by building on the fly predictive models of target motion from echoes. So like they hear the echoes mm. and then they can get their prey, right? So they're wow. also... These, these models that they build are so robust that they can actually continue to track the prey even when it temporarily vanishes behind echo-blocking obstacles like trees. Okay, you with me? So yeah. bats yeah. are amazing. They can track these things. So they have studied this a lot about bats, but now they have published something else that says they are now examining the comparable processes in hearing. So they, they're now looking at the work that it takes to understand the auditory guided behaviors in animals and humans. So this also comes over to humans with our friends who are maybe sight impaired or blind and how they listen to objects to track their surroundings. Pretty cool, mm. am I right? So here's an example. The same way like a tennis player will try to find out where they're going to hit the ball based on how fast it's going, where yeah. it lands, all the things. Mm-hmm. The bat has to also anticipate when and where it will make contact with the insect that it's hunting because remember, they're all flying at the same time. So they have to anticipate these things and they're already doing that. But now, they now are saying that somehow bats are also able to predict where the prey is heading. Okay, so that's how they can predict the future. They not only can follow them with the echo sounds, but now they're able to predict where they're heading. And here's okay, so and Jesse, like, and you like, t- and like take a shortcut and like catch yeah. it there. No, where they exactly, yeah. exactly. Even if it goes behind a tree where they can't hear it anymore. <laughs> Jesse, you joked about France having extra time on their hands. Well, listen to what these people did at this study. Um, oh gosh, I forgot where it was. It's in the U.S. Oh, John Hopkins, I think. Uh, they trained bats, and this is how they studied them. They trained bats to stay on a perch and track insects and then they recorded what the bat did so now we're training bats so we can figure this out and they came up with the idea that they're knowing that a bat can now predict where the insect is going to be pretty cool huh so that's how they're saying bats can interpret 
can predict the future is they can predict where an insect is going to be, not just follow where they are right now. But Make sense? I, I'm all for understanding the world we live in, studying yeah. this is God's too much, creation. You think. Why is Johns Hopkins, which is like a cancer institute and like human medical advancement, studying Mm -hmm. bat future predictions? I mean, like, where's the correlation to their work? I I wonder if it has something to do with like, you know, not so much the echolocation thing as much as like building effective predictive algorithms because that's ultimately what they're doing at some level they mm-hmm. have some sort of predictive algorithm in that it wired into their brain chemistry that is telling them okay it's probably going to come out it flew behind the tree it's probably going to come out on the right side not the left side so it might be some way of trying to like figure out how it makes those determinations so to, to kind of use that to study you know, diseases, cell it, yeah. cells that grow a certain way. Yeah, or, presumably or you, you could like, d- yeah, determine like the growth rate of, uh, you know, viruses or, or something like that. I assume. But also, but also the moral of the story is if you're getting chased by a bat when you're, you're in Austin, they know where you're, you're going. You're in trouble. Yeah, th- yeah, you can't zigzag. You're you done. can't hide you're from done. the bat in just, Austin. Yeah. Just throw your hands up and just allow the bat to do what bats do. And that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrifically maul you and turn you into a vampire. So <laughs> done. All right, Derek, what do you have? Well, I think this is going to sound more like a Jesse slice, but astronomers have discovered a planet that rains rocks and it has lava seas. It rains rocks? Rocks. R-O-C-K-S. Rocks. And it has seas that are made of lava. And the wind is four times the speed of sound on this planet. Wow. Wow. Where is, uh, where does where's this planet located? It's called Planet K two one forty one B. And it's yeah, where is it located? Uh, yes, really yes, far yes, away, two hundred <laughs> right, two hundred light years away, and is is they says the most extreme ever discovered. Uh, oh, also, so it has seasons. So in the cold season, wow, the planet temperature plunges to the negative of negative uh, three hundred and twenty eight degrees Fahrenheit. So low that it can freeze nitrogen. And then on the other side, during the summer, those good hot days, it goes up to 500 or 5,432 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Um, so. So come in the spring or the so, fall, it sounds like. So let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and mark that one off the list. I, I, I'm going to keep it honest, though. I, I think at this point, I think that astronomers are just making stuff up. That's what I'm saying. Like the 200, we know? 200 light years know. away. How can they see that little, they have like, you know, rocks raining. Like they can't sure. have telescopes that. This place they is probably hell. sent some bats out there. They sent hell. the bats. The bats came back uh, and told them. Uh, but, but real talk, if I were to release it. a pre- it's press hell. release today. It's, it's Dante's hell. Inferno. If it's, I were just to release yeah. a press release today and be like, yeah, yeah I discovered this thing in the Plazar sector. Uh, very hostile, and they have tidal <laughs> waves of 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 cool lava that uh, you know, and and meteors just you know dissolve right into the ocean there, and it's the coolest planet we've ever discovered. It's and I found it. So there we go, guys. Would anyone know? Would anyone know? No. Like, would anyone even care to fact check it? Or you, you like make like, up no. some pictures and things? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of out in that zone in the in the spectrum of uh, you know, like I don't think anyone would really care. Anyone would know. Just say, oh, that's cool. You know, like good for whoever this person is that discovered this is bringing it to humanity's attention. But I only believe you about 80%, Derek. I want to know how did they see it? Like, that's I want to know, like, what 
Like, what did you do to to be able to see a lava ocean or right. rocks? That's what I'm down? saying. They don't have that good a zoom on the telescopes yet. Or maybe they I don't do. Get it. Maybe and I whenever do. I hear things like that, I'm like, okay, we can figure out where a planet is forever away that's raining rocks, but we can't solve some of the issues we got going on right yeah, here with real people. Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I think humanity just has very divided attention right now because what the big takeaway from these slices are that we we spend a lot of time checking out bats. We 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 hook up people to equipment and make them listen to Phil Collins songs, and we care about planets that we'll never visit when our own is suffering. I think we just have we our attention's a little divided right now. I think if we just honed in on a couple issues with all these people, just took them off the bat thing for a while, and shifted their focus. I don't know on to, to coronavirus, coronavirus or yeah. the global John economy or Indian yeah. world hunger or extreme poverty. I. I'm just saying, I think we could, you know, put a dent. You you are making the argument, though, that was made in the 1960s when, you know, uh, the American economy was putting a huge amount of our GDP into the space race and that all the protests that were against that Mm -hmm. was like we have unrest and poverty and war going on in our country. We don't need to be spending money on that. But... The space race led to such technological advancement and understanding. I mean, self, cell phones and things that changed society. What was? But here's my. So question. you don't know what the outcome of what's these. What's the big out- space race? They made it all up. Away? They never landed on. The moon yeah. What's anyway. the big so it was just, it was All it was was awesome. it was it was it was filmed in Hollywood weird and <laughs> it's it all made up. Look. So they were right. But what was hey, the ends? What Jesse was the and ends I went this? to space camp and we yeah. talked to one of the uh, rocket scientists who worked on the Apollo rockets. Yeah, yeah, it was very it, convincing. And, and it took hundreds and buzz of... Punched, the buzz punched you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> it took hundreds of billions of dollars, years, and literally the full attention of our greatest mind. What was the big takeaway? He, they hopped around up there for a while. That was cool. I think one of them knocked a golf ball. They had that cool rover that drove around. That looked fun. Like, what was the big takeaway? That's what... I think that's the thing. It's like... So what, Jesse, what, what, you're you don't you're not your mind doesn't go toward exploration and understanding the unknown. You don't care about the, what's in the bottom of the ocean and discovering new creatures. You don't under you don't your mind doesn't go there. You it, don't. You, it's not that I'm not curious. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I sometimes I yeah I would just think about it. But if it's like, yeah, but why don't we use uh, five hundred billion ROI, dollars basically. in taxpayer yeah. money to get down and check out this starfish at the bottom of a trench? You know, it's like, <laughs> what's the payoff? Yeah, we found a fish that has a light on its head. It's really cool. But you guys should check this out. And that's it. He's got really big teeth, and he's got a light bulb that hangs right from his face. Do you believe yeah. it? It was like, cool. How much did that cost? Oh, about four hundred million, four hundred billion dollars, and 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 about and nobody and years. people don't have health insurance, yeah. and, and, yeah. And, and, and and three divers died, you know, from horrible compression diseases trying to go check this thing out. But look, we got a pretty good picture, and it's got a light bulb right on its head, guys. It's a fish. <laughs> so you're just saying like we need to fix education. I'm and, just saying there's a lot poverty of poverty and all these things that we against. need to fix before then. In our surplus of time and money, we could start investing. I just in see the case exploration for, education. Yeah, and exactly. I just see the case that maybe we could reallocate just a little of this. You know, uh-huh. because I mean, Derek, I appreciate the knowledge of a of a lava fire hellscape. You know, <laughs> existing, but you know. If, I probably could have used that money more effectively, 
you know? All right. Well, they just made it up the anyway. They didn't spend any money on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, Derek's takeaway of anything that happens it's outside. It's all fake. If it's higher than an airplane can fly, no. Derek says it's fake. No, I like, like Derek's theory no. because the implication is at the Space Institute, whether it's like NASA or some college or something, they're like, hey, Rick, you got the report you've been working on? Have you been checking stuff out? You got anything to report back? It's due at lunch day. He's like, uh, yeah. You wouldn't believe it, man. Uh, it's raining it's a, rain and locks. Raining rocks. rocks, I think. Um, oh, lava oceans. Saw those. Um, what that's, do you what guys got? that's what I've been working on. What do you guys got? I promise this sounds like some kid. Yeah, somebody was like, dang, I got to turn that report in. Uh, What's it, what should I say? What has no yeah, one said in a while? Or, or, yeah. or like we're being trolled. Like somebody was like, all right, let's see if they'll go for this one. Like and they just yeah. throw, <laughs> throw stuff out. I mean, like, nah, I mean, obviously yeah. I believe that. You know, there's way more outside of our. Uh, it's outside it's of like our the planet. burden of proof, like but, when you're on trial, like yeah, which side? So I can say something, but you've got to prove me wrong, and you don't have the ability to do that. So I can say whatever I want. Well, I'm just, just like roll basis. the tape, bro. Like yeah. you, 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 roll the tape. If you you had to have seen it. This is We've seen the Martian. That's yeah. surely that should help. Because if they're like, well, tell us where this is. Where'd you see it? I don't know. It's pretty far out there. It's up that way. I think I saw P- it out that one, way. One, two, four, seven. And they're like, well, it's not there. Well, it's even cooler than I thought because obviously it can <laughs> disappear. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> Listen, if you can see a planet that's 200 light years light. away and yeah. it has rocks raining on it and you can see all of this and you can predict how fast the wind is blowing, you can videotape it. Here's the thing <laughs> that I've never understood. Maybe y'all know the answer to this, but I've, you know, as a kid, I was into space. Yeah. I mean, Port Canaveral's 30 miles from here. Uh, so how though, you know, those pictures of galaxies, yeah. I understand telescopes, you know, Hubble and all that, taking yeah. these um, unbelievable pictures of like galaxies. How do they have pictures of our galaxy? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll see the Milky Way and it's, it's like well, our little solar system is in there. But like what took well, the picture that we're in? It's a composite. Yeah. No, most most things that you see as far as like space is concerned uh-huh. are all digital renderings. They're not actual photos. Yeah. But like the the picture, but like to even know we are deeply inside the Milky Way and you're thousands of light years to get outside of our galaxy. How do they even know the shape, the the blobbiness of it? How would they even know what it looks like? They're they're guessing. So you're saying those photos are just made up. No, they say those photos are made up. They're composites. Okay, like, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know that. Most most of the photos that you see, there's very few like actual, like especially a photo of the whole They're not galaxy. Snapshots from Hubble. That's, no, that's a composite. Yeah, that's a composite. It'd be no way if, if the galaxy is as big as people say it is, and it's right. so our galaxy is moving through space and time as well, right? And so it's like, moving and shrinking and expanding, contracting. Yeah. There's and, no yeah. way you're gonna get a still shot of that. I mean, you can't get a still shot of LeBron James dunking on somebody with, unless you have a really, really good camera, you're definitely not going to get it of the whole galaxy. So like most of that is composites and they're, they're putting together real math saying, okay, we're looking at the stars and this seems to be here. This is there. So they do a digital rendering of it and say, this is what we think it looks like. But most things you see in space is, is is just composites. In my science books growing up, those pictures of the solar system and outer space and galaxies were not said to be an artist rendering. It was like, this is what it looks like. Well, well, here's the trippy thing when, when, when you're talking about imagery from space. So, and I mean, this isn't anything new, but like, 
you know, when you look up in the night sky, yeah, all, all the light you see existed, you know, thousands um, of years ago, hundreds of years. Yeah, ago. you're looking. You're actually looking back in time because the light right. as it hits you took thousands or or millions of years. Millions of years. Yeah. Everything is light years away. So most of the light that you see is coming from stars. A lot of them aren't even there anymore. But the the imagery is just now hitting your eyes. Here's what's crazy about that is like observably the 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 universe is expanding right at a faster rate than it's like creating itself like the, right. observably we know that right so there is a time in the in the near distant future where if everything is moving away out away from earth right then uh eventually no more starlight will be hitting earth right it'll be expanding out at a faster rate than starlight can hit us or at mm -hmm. least only a handful of stars and so there's a future generation of humans that there it will be zero evidence zero for stars like because well, nothing but you're will talking like thousands of millions of years yeah, yeah, yeah know, i'm talking I mean, about like, a, hy a hypothetical scenario that for someone to learn anything about astronomy or how the universe works they would literally have to refer back to ancient humans understanding which would be really outdated and making a case for something that they have no evidence for actually exist like dinosaurs you guys ever think about Boom. that no, I never think about this ever, oh. and I won't ever <laughs> after today I love, either. I love, I love it when Jesse gets into his thought experiments, and Jamie's just like, "Nah, my brain's full." I, I like, uh, I don't have I'm nothing. That's a, but you know what? Yeah. If they're going to be looking back, Jesse, it might be humans, why you get migraines, man. I know. I know. You're just <laughs> thinking too hard. Full. That's what. Yeah. If I had a lazy boy and a grabbing stick, I guarantee I could just zone out and chill. <laughs> if, if, we were a, if we were in a scary movie or some kind of thriller, Jesse's the first person I'm going to find. He's, he's gonna know all of the Thinking stuff all that the we all, all the right. we overlooked. He's like, oh yeah, I I'm remember be, this. I'm gonna I'm be the Bobby Fisher first of person movies. I'm gonna be three steps ahead of that serial killer. Yeah, just waiting oh for him. Oh my gosh, very bat. -like. All right, well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. John Mark McMillan joins us. Listening to Lucy Daydream featuring Kirchie. The song is Romeo and Juliet. Well, John Mark McMillan is a musician, singer, songwriter, family man. He sat down with our very own Tyler Huckabee this week to talk about his latest album, his quest to re enchant his life, and why he took a break from social media. Here is our conversation with our friend, John Mark McMillan. John Mark, so tell me how it's been for you creatively during quarantine. Uh, you obviously just released a live album. So we've we recorded that in um, London, November of last year. So it's literally the last show I ever played. <laughs> this is the last one I ever played, and um, it was it was really interesting because Stable. I had a little bit. I, I met some of the guys at Stable, um, and they're kind of an online. Uh, originally they were an online concert 
platform. You know, and I'd met them at uh, some shows I was doing in the UK and they're like, we want to have you come back and do a tour. And it's like, this sounds fun. I want to do a tour and I'd love to do your thing. I was like, I don't know how you're going to sell tickets to an online concert though. You know, and it just seemed like a cool idea, but I was like, I just, like, who was going to do this? Who's going to do the online concert? I love their idea, love their model. Like, they have great gear, the studio. They put a lot of money into it. It looked good. I was like, I'm more than happy to do this because it's going to be fantastic. But I don't know how you're going to, how this is, I don't know how this is going to catch on. And then <laughs> the pandemic hit, you know, and, uh, and it became the, like, rule, not the exception. We finished that night. It was such a great night. But we watched the video. In fact, the whole show is on YouTube. If people want to go watch it for free, just go watch the whole thing from beginning to end. And I do a lot of talking too, but um, I watched it and I loved it. I was like, it was kind of cool because it'd been so long, right? Since I had been at a show and been almost a year since I've performed that show, I felt like I was in the audience. I was like, oh, okay, this is why people like me. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of good. I was like, this is, this is great. I'm like, oh, I'm really endearing to myself right now. <laughs> so you, uh, you took a little break from social media. Tell me about how that went. I just stopped posting for a while. I, I mean, I just felt like if I can't be part of the solution, then I just need to like step back and let other people talk right now. There's just too many people talking and there's people that think are, have more to say than me right now. So I just decided to get out of the way that, and honestly, I was, I developed some anxiety when you have a large social network following and you post stuff you you know, like you sort of, you always expect someone's going to be negative. Like think about before there was social media, how often in your day, going to school, going to work, how many times did someone come up to you and confront you on the most minute little detail? almost never. In fact, if that happened once throughout the day, that would have been a bad day. And that's all you would have talked about. You would have come home and told your friends that would have been like a big deal. And now we deal with that, like constantly everything you say, you know? And so like the confrontation just got to a peak where I literally felt like I was stuck. I was like, all right, I obviously, you know, some people don't like that. I want to support black lives or I say that God loves black lives. But then there's these other white people who don't think I'm, you know, supporting black lives as well, the way they think I should, you know, and it, but, but it got really ugly. And I was like, God, I just want to do the right thing. I just want to be a good person and do the right thing and say the right stuff. People are mad. They're like, you're not using your platform for the good. And then other people are like, you're a moron. If you're suckered by this conspiracy you know, and it's, but it's just like, I was like, yo, I just trying to do the right thing. And I, and the anxiety, like, I just, want, I don't know why I want to please people. You know, I'm like, I just want to make music that makes you feel good about yourself and the world and God. And I'm, I'm actually feeling a lot better now, but that's why I stopped posting on social media. I was like, just tired of losing. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I, I think there is this, uh, a, a huge and growing faction of people who confuse doing the actual work of justice with just posting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, they, they, they mean, well, I think they mean the right thing, but you send out your tweet or Instagram post for the day and you're kind of like, there it is. You wonder about certain situations would, um, would, would, would there have been any action if there weren't video cameras at, in some of these situations? Like, so you, you don't want to, you, you can't call that a bad thing. Right. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people feel like tweeting or posting 
it's sort of like it satisfies that thing in them that hungers for justice and it doesn't actually accomplish anything at all. Let me put it this way. As a creative, I used to have to, I, I've, I've learned I have to not, if I have a good song idea, I need to not talk about it not talk about it because if I talk to you about it, it's like, I have this incredible idea. This has happened so many times. Uh, like me talking to you about it satisfies the craving I have to create that song. And then when I go to sit down, like it's not there anymore. I've, I've, I fulfilled my calling to that idea by sharing it with you. And then it's not there anymore. And I feel like it's this way with justice, like people tweet and they post and they feel like they're act, they're doing something that's beneficial and helpful, but it, it, it fills that need in them to be righteous, but they may not actually be doing anything. It may actually be filling that place. Really what they need to do is not post and go out and do something with their physical bodies, with their, with their money and their time. I point the finger at myself first, you know, and say that, that I, I definitely felt convicted of that. So tell me, any any creative ideas you've been sitting on lately or any any creative thoughts that you have just while, that you've been nursing while on lockdown? I'm really into this idea of re-enchantment, of Christian re-enchantment. Um, and I'm trying to, I want to make that word a very popular word. On the most basic level, you know, we have facts. And we've decided that um, we live our lives based on facts. And I don't think that's true at all, right? I think that facts are kind of dead realities, like they're real, you know, but we live our lives based um, from narrative, right? And so facts need a narrative and you see this constantly, right? Is, you know, um, is it's not the facts that get the, the attention, it's the narrative that gets the attention. But I think that as we become more and more information driven, we tend to lose our story. You know, the country's become more and more polarized as we've become more and more secularized. And I think some people have thought that, like, the secularization of society was going to make a more tolerant society, right? But it's actually not true. The larger group of people leaving church are um, more rural. Um, they sort of self-identify as Christian, you know, but they, um, their sort of tribalism begins to revolve around politics, you know, especially out in the, um, rural parts of the country around conservative politics, but you find it with liberal politics too. So people sort of have left religion for politics and, you know, there's all kind of bad things people can say about religion, but I don't think that it's been a healthy move. I guess what I'm saying is like people are finding their significance in other places. They've lost this idea that like just living is insanely significant. There's such a beautiful significance to just being alive. That's interesting, man. What would you say to people who really resonate with what you're talking about here, who feel like they've lost that sense of enchantment? I think it's a, it's an awareness issue. I think number one, I think it's important to realize that like everything that we know and everything that we think we know is like, such a drop in the bucket compared to like what is actually real 
you know? And I think that we've, for one, familiarity breeds contempt, right? We've become very, very familiar with our lives. And that's where sort of the information is helpful, you know, from a practical standpoint. But sort of we've, we've kind of decided that we have everything figured out. And what that means is like, I see another person, I see them so often, I forget they're a person. I forget that if, if you think about the universe, how rare a human creature even is, right? Like a human creature is insanely rare in the context of the universe, right? It's insanely rare. But see, we see another human being, you know, we want to call them a, I don't know, a racial slur. Like, how can you see a miracle walking in front of you and just so flippantly decide that they're not worthy to be respected or honored or treated like a miracle to me this goes back to like basic jesus language you know love god and love your neighbor what does that mean you know if not to be obsessed with the powers that led to your existence and to see those miraculous powers in other human beings you know and this is re-enchantment for me Is John Mark McMillan. Make sure to check out his new live album wherever you listen to music. I get overwhelmed so easily. My anxiety creeps inside of me, makes it hard to breathe. What's come over me feels like I'm somebody else. I get overwhelmed so easily. My anxiety keeps me silent when I try to speak. What's come over me feels like I'm somebody else. You're listening to Royal and the Serpent. The song is Overwhelmed. All right, it's time for your feedback. Last week was the Election Day episode, and we, for the question of the week, wanted to move on. We looked forward into November and saw on the horizon, Thanksgiving is coming. So for last last week's question of the week, we wanted to help you all plan for your Thanksgiving. And we asked you, what are you doing differently this year since with quarantine and different parts of the country spiking heavily right now, since many extended families won't be able to gather? You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, and you also posted on the episode post at Relevant Magazine's Instagram page. Here's a few of our favorites. I like this one from Ross. Ross will actually be on his honeymoon. So congrats, Ross, in Lake Tahoe. And they said, we'll probably, Ross said, we'll probably do some sort of Thanksgiving picnic. I like that idea. It's a nice fall day. Get outside, get in the outdoors. That's a good idea, Ross. It's going to be a little chilly. I'm like a little school kid reading Ross's comment like, oh, you're going to be honeymooning. What are you going to be doing on Thanksgiving? I don't get it. What's Ross going to be doing? <laughs> My man Maurice says he's going to be Uber Grub Dash giving. Hey, I oh, he's going to be getting his food delivered. I'm all yeah. for. <laughs> oh, don't make people work on Thanksgiving. No, I mean it's volunteer. Like the Uber thing is volunteer. Like if hey. people want to hustle up. I'm sure there's surge rates or whatever. Here's the thing too. I'm all for deformalizing uh, Thanksgiving meals. Half the food that people are put out at Thanksgiving, let's just real talk here, nobody wants. Everyone is eating out of obligation. 
Jamie, if I could give you three mm-hmm. meats. Oh, Jamie, uh, three meats. Your family uh, can't cook. Jamie, Jamie, I'm going to toss this out. <laughs> Jamie's shaking her head. I'm going to toss this out there right now. Right now, okay? It is It is 1.30 my time. I think it's 12.30 your time. Right in the lunch okay. hour. Right in the prime time lunch hour. When we hang up, we're probably all getting something to eat, okay? And I have three meats for you. Uh, steak. Very, mm-hmm. very, you know, uh, 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 chicken prepared any way you want. It could be fried, it could be rotisserie, or a turkey. Okay, <laughs> something that no one ever uh, requested. When's, uh, when's the last time you go to the restaurant, a restaurant, any restaurant, and order yeah, turkey? Yeah. Never, Jamie. Never. You're telling me right now for I had, lunch. I had turkey sausage lunch, this if morning. If I give you beef, chicken, or turkey, which one would you choose? I mean, here's the deal. I, I, you're right. I've never ordered turkey Thank at a you. restaurant. Ever, but it's. I mean, I get turkey lunch meat every day. We have turkey lunch meat, so yeah. you know, like we eat turkey. Yeah, Jesse, I was gonna say turkey sandwich. We're not eating. We're not eating. Common. We're not eating turkey lunch meat at Thanksgiving. We're eating straight up <laughs> big old thick slabs, dry yeah. turkey that you never eat. You never eat that, under any circumstances. See, dry, dry turkey is the is the Here's thing. What, you I fried it. Uh, I'm sorry. You, you somebody can only can't get, cook it, at it, your it's so moist. It's turkey. It's, it's very dry I, meat. I'm sorry, Miss. I could give I'm, up I'm the not, turkey. I'm not, I'm not, I could give up the turkey, but here's what I do love Thanksgiving. Green bean casserole, mashed potatoes, uh, Ooh, dressing, gravy, all those mac. I want all those things. Do y'all turkey? do ambrosia? Do you do that fruit salad with the marshmallows? I don't uh-uh, eat fruit unless it's disgusting. a fruit. I don't. If you put fruit on anything else, I'm out. I don't do fruit salad. All right, no. look, uh, listen, listen. Come on now. Look, mac right. and cheese, cornbread. Yes. Greens, yes. potato yeah. salad, fried corn. Okay. Look, look, fried chicken, I, here's how grilled chicken. Here's how, you know what I'm saying? We we, we deep frying gonna, the turkey. I'm going to make you. Okay, you I'm gonna this? Turkey? Got, I've never had that. It's I mean, I've seen yes. all the videos it's, of it. It's, it's very good. It's amazing. We deep it, frying the good. turkey. We got the dressing. I do like dressing. I love dressing. We got, what you talking about? Deep frying the turkey gets about 60% to chicken. You know, or you can just eat a chicken and be way better. Here's 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 how I'm gonna break this down. Here's how I'm gonna break this down. Right, turkey on Thanksgiving is the equivalent of an elderly person giving you a Werther's. Okay, a Werther's original. No. Let me explain. Let me explain. When you get the Werther's, it came out of the pocket. It's body temperature out of the elderly person's pocket. It's handed to you, and you eat it out of obligation because that elderly person. And you eat it, and you're like, you know what? I'm eating it, and it's not terrible, but I would never go to the store and buy a Werther's. I, the only way I'm eating a Werther's is if an elderly person gives it to me. It's Y'all the don't same listen, thing. Don't listen to Jesse. It's the same don't thing about turkey on Thanksgiving. I'd prove me Look, wrong. Don't listen to Jesse. We, we didn't even, we didn't, we not eat. Okay, let's, we can eat. We ain't even got to the desserts yet. We talking about chest pie. We talking about red velvet yeah, cake. Pie is really good. We talking about yeah. cheesecake. I'm just we saying, talking about brownies. Cold. We, we talking about sweet potato pie because black people don't eat no pumpkin pie. We talking about, you know what I'm saying? Saying, we talking about brownies. We talking so, about ice Jesse, cream. We talking will you about. You have turkey on Thanksgiving. You feel me? I, because out of, of obligation. Out of, because out of I'm obligation too. Because I'm not. <laughs> okay. Swap the turkey out for something else. What's that? That is true. He's just have something else. Just, just do like a ham or steak. It, it, listen, if there was, if I had do, a whole right, do it, do a brisket. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that would be great if I could tell my family, hey, we're not doing turkey. We're doing brisket this year. But <laughs> no one. Who on usually board. makes the turkey? People Who usually makes the turkey? the turkey? It depends do you make on the where turkey? we're sharing. It. No, no. Usually it's like someone in the in the generation above me. Usually. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Thing. I was like, you, if you're making the turkey, make whatever you want. Yeah. Jesse, do you guys, I know your whole extended family is pretty close and they live yeah. in the same area. Yeah. Is it a thing that you go to your parents' house or because you have kids now, everything is gravitated to your family we, together? We always have a centralized location. We always go to somebody's house. It kind of rotates. It but, rotates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what we about, don't Derek, do. Derek, what about you guys? Yeah. Is it a is it grandma and grandpa's house or is it now y'all's house? It uh, we because I can't happen, figure out when it changes. Be, you know, be you know, like when does it become you're the primary generation in the extended family and like you're hosting? Well, now for the most now for Christmas and for some Thanksgivings, it's mostly at our house. But our house is is one of the bigger cribs. We can fit everybody here, and then my wife is an amazing cook. So like she's she kills it. So everybody, no one wants to cook. They're like, Amethia is cooking. So. It's usually at, at my house, but that started to shift when we had kids because it was impossible for me to go to. My mom lives in Ohio. We live in Tennessee. Her parents live in, in Memphis. We live in Middleton. It was going to be yeah. impossible to do all of that. So we were just like, look, we're going to do what we do at our house and everybody's welcome to come. We, we did, this This is weird, but it's kind of it's, I guess it's regional. Uh, uh, but we do a lot of oysters on Thanksgiving. Like yeah, we have never done that in my rhyme, life. You know, months that never, met, never around these life. parts, months that in with. <laughs> yeah, R. I don't think people in Oklahoma are getting fresh oysters. <laughs> months that in, months that in with R. I don't think I want a fresh Oklahoma <laughs> oyster. In with R. Prime oyster. It's also you know? one time, and I met a friend, and, and we were going to dinner, and he was like, "Dude, we got to go try this sushi restaurant. It's so good." And I'm like, "I live on the coast of the country, and you're trying to tell me that you guys trucking fish." To the middle of the continent is going to be good, a good experience. No, thank you. So I, I said no thanks. We to have the good sushi. sushi here in Austin. I will say that. Yeah, but you're near. You're kind of near yeah. the Gulf. Yeah. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. got some catfish sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of catfish sushi. But this year, this year on Thanksgiving, two of my boys play. <laughs> two of my boys are playing football on Wednesday, and one's playing football on Friday. So because of the, how they had to push football season yeah. back, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Turkey ball, little turkey mm, ball. That's action. rough. Yep. My, yep. <laughs> my family has to like, we aren't this year. I don't know what we're doing this year, but it was a few years ago. My mom, they always hosted Thanksgiving. My mom just decided I'm done cooking for everybody. So they just started getting reservations at nice restaurants. And so like, we just go to a nice mm. restaurant that's open on Thanksgiving and you can get whatever food you want. So it's Boston actually not a market. bad deal. I think, no I think when Thanksgiving, right. when Thanksgiving hits, mm-hmm. we all need to take photos and videos of our Thanksgiving spread. This is going to be very different. <laughs> yeah. Is it, a nice it'll be very, plate yeah, at yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. All right. Well, there are a couple more, uh, uh, a guy, I can't, how, how do you say it? Asuto Varma. He says in some places you can have uh, 20 people at a funeral gather more than allowed in a home gathering. So why not have a funeral for a turkey on Thanksgiving? There you go. There you go. That was that, that was, was really dark. dark. <laughs> yeah. Really, really kind of really hacking the system there. We're in a pandemic, Chief. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there's more where that came from. Okay. It's time for editorial question of the week. Hey. All right. Well, earlier we we brought you the breaking news that Jamie Ivey's media empire is moving to an office and she's needing some ideas on how to make it a standout kind of a place, you know, how to decorate it. So it'll be a memorable experience for all who visit. So that's the question of the week this week. What should Jamie do to decorate her office in a unique way? Can I I toss toss out an idea here? Please, Jesse. Okay. One room that's just a bunch of beanbags everywhere. Here's why. Because (laughs) 
it keeps but is everyone... it those oversized ones called love sacks? Is no, it no. those? It, it's, we have it's one of those. a variety of sizes. And here's why. It, 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 it keeps everybody's egos in check because there's no dignified way to get off of a beanbag as an adult. <laughs> like, if everyone's sitting in a beanbag, at some point, everyone's going to go, ah, just let me hop up here. But you can't get leverage on anything. It's too amorphous, you know? And it, it's really difficult to get up. And I don't feel like, I just feel like it would be very humbling for everyone to watch each other get up off a of beanbag. Dude, just keep egos in, our, in, in our winter park office, we had like one of those huge love sacks in the design area. Yeah. And it was like in the, in the middle of the room. So like, I'd walk back there to like, you know, look over the shoulder of one of the guys who wanted to show me what something he was working on, give him some feedback. Well, there's nowhere to sit except on the love sack. Yeah. So I'd sit and they would go and like I'd be basically be like on the ground. I'm going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw this out there. I think people think beanbags are comfortable when in reality, most of the, almost the entirety of time sitting on a beanbag is trying to find out how to get comfortable. And it's a big <laughs> You're dip. moving around no the whole time. No really comfortable on a beanbag because the whole time you're like, if I just kind of tweak a little, that'll be, no, I'm going <laughs> to lean back a little. Okay, this one lay will cross it over. No one's ever been comfortable on a beanbag. It's just, you're you're right on the edge of comfort the whole time on a beanbag. So but never the other really thing about this love sack, I bought it at Costco one time and, and Cohen, my son was like two and he was sitting on it and I was like, oh, that looks comfy. And I plopped down. And you ever see those big airbags? It's like a like blob. In a lake? Yeah, a blob yes, in a lake. A blob. Yeah. That happened to my two-year-old child. He went <laughs> flying and smacked the Costco concrete floor. Bloody murder, screaming. Oh, I like just, in the I felt, store? Yeah, oh, I felt terrible. Oh I didn't mean gosh. to like pop my kid, yeah. but like I forgot <laughs> that bean bags are essentially huge air blobs. So... You got to watch out for that in your office. Yeah. Too. All right. Room full of beanbags. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Well, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and also hit us up uh, by posting on this, this episode page on Relevant Magazine's Instagram account. There you go. That'll be a fun one. And you have to do, you are verbally committing right now that you will do one of the suggestions. Oh, I didn't Whoa. say that. Done. Yeah, Done. you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I did. I, I think you did. Whoa. I heard it. So Legal, legally, you it's heard binding. it here. Legally, it's, it's binding. Ver- verbal <laughs> contract that you made yeah. with our listeners. All right, guys, bring me something good. Then is what I'm saying. All right. Well, many thanks to John Mark McMillan for joining us. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at John Mark McMillan and check out his new live album wherever you get your music. Hey, while you're online checking stuff out, why not check out the brand new issue of Relevant? We told you about it last week. It's featuring a cover story with Matthew McConaughey opening up about his spiritual journey and his faith, which is unbelievable. It's also packed with so much other great content like Letitia Wright, Social Club Misfits, and on and on and on. Jen Hatmaker, I mean, uh, Brooke Ligertwood. It's crazy. So stacked. And guess what? You can read it for free because of the support of UHSM. Go over to relevantmagazine.com and check out the November, December issue of Relevant for free. Thanks to UHSM. Available at relevantmagazine.com. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you on Friday. Have a good week, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine, 
A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Relevant Podcast Network.